Uh, this week, we, uh, some of you guys are trying to figure out how to raise the bar in your prayer life as well. We're doing warfare prayers this week. And uh, man, I'll tell you right now, you want to turn the volume up in your prayer life. Learn how to warfare. Learn how to pray the scripture and learn how to fight for other people's freedom. Uh, today, we are talking about prayer, and I, it's one of my favorite subjects. And so as we jump in, I'm going to ask all of you, would you stand with me? I want to pray a beautiful prayer over you that the Apostle Paul prayed over the Church of Ephesians. And so uh, as we do this, I'm going to have you, would you just stretch your hands out almost as if like you're catching a prayer here? This is, comes from Ephesians chapter 3, and the Apostle Paul prayed this over, over his church that he started. When I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father of heaven, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from this, his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand all, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. And may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to f understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all of the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power to work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we could ask or, or even think. Glory to him in our church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Man, Paul knew how to pray. You all can have a seat. Apostle Paul, he knew how to pray. And that's one of my passions for the church is that we again would know how to pray. When I think about the life of Jesus, he's so fascinating to me. But one of the times in scripture that we see Jesus kind of lose his marbles is on the topic of prayer. When he kind of went bonkers, if you would, going through the, the, the house of God, overturning tables, really upsetting a lot of people. Jesus wasn't really friendly that day, it seemed. Because he wanted to see his church become a house of prayer again. And I think that's something that Jesus really was serious about. He wants to make sure that his beloved knows how to touch heaven and how to pray. And so I pray that over you today as we get into this message. Father, I pray that your beloved would know how to connect with you like never before. In Jesus' name. Isn't that what this is all about? That we would not have religion where you come and listen to someone talk about how great God is, but that you, because of the blood of Jesus, would know how to have divine connection with your creator. Man, I pray for those moments that sweep you, you off your feet. When you are with God and you can take off the weight of the world and put on the Holy Ghost, and put on peace, and put on rest, and put on hope, I pray that you know how to enter into God's holy place. And as I dive into that prayer that Paul prayed in Ephesians, 
One of the first things that I think is the secret to this is when Paul says, I fall to my knees and pray. I love that many of us have taken Paul's prayer where he says, I pray continually. It's awesome. Don't ever stop praying. Make everything that you do a prayer life. But intimacy with God has a place. And Paul falls on his knees and prays intentionally. And out of that prayer, I love what's going on, is Paul's teaching us that he's praying to the Father so he has a focused prayer life. He's on his knees, and so it's, it's intentional, but now it's focused on his, the creator of everything that he knows. And then he taps into, I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources... Man, that's prayer right there. We're talking to the God with unlimited potential, unlimited resources, that anything that we want, we find it right here. What is it that you need today? What is it that you are looking for? And have you been to that place where he is at, where you can tap into what it is we're looking for? What a shame it is to carry around the stress and the burdens of this world and not go to the place. Man, I love it. I love it. I love it. And even in this, I, this is not the passage really that I'm talking about, but I can't stop thinking about it when he says that Christ will make his home in us, but he'll strengthen us with his spirit. And I, I, I want to make sure you know it's one of the four values of our church. So we want to we, we, we value God's word as we're reading 40 days in the Gospels right now. We're jumping into the Gospel of John this week, man. But his Holy Spirit is one of our four values. We can't live for Jesus without the Holy Spirit. It's not, it's not possible to have relationship with God. You need the Holy Spirit. You got to have his voice. And Paul's praying that strength would come to you through the Holy Spirit. The best part of every day is the moment when I close my eyes and I sense that God's with me still. And that's when strength and confidence comes. And that confidence spills over into every relationship of my life because I know that he is with me. I'm talking just about prayer today. And there's so many layers and dimensions of prayer. And some of you are rehearsed and you have a PhD in prayer. But I want you to know the best place to continue to learn is from Scripture and from our apostles as they're teaching us prayers. So I'm going to jump into this powerful passage of prayer that James prayed. James, we believe, the book of James was, was from, uh, uh, it's, we believe it's Jesus' brother. And as he's doing this teaching and unpacking prayer and unpacking life and unpacking all the things that, uh, if, if one of my favorite books in the Bible is the book of James, mainly because I believe that James had ADD. Uh, I, James would jump from subject to subject to subject to subject, squirrel, and he's over here. Now he's talking about wisdom. Now he's talking about the power of tongue. Now he's talking, and he just jumps around from all these subjects. But as he ends the book, he jumps into prayer. And I just want to read this to you because as I was preparing for this message to empower the church with a restored passion for prayer, James prayed this really beautiful thing. He said, is there anyone among you that's suffering? Let him pray. Is there anyone cheerful? Man, that person should sing songs. 
And is there anyone sick among you? Let him call on the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And let me just stop there. I want to make sure you know we believe in miracles. We believe that God can do anything. And we have seen him do the craziest of impossible. So whatever you have need for today, we have faith to believe that God can meet you there. And based on what I know of Jesus and his resurrection, I believe he wants to. Today is the day of salvation. Can I get an amen? Awesome. And so he says that the elders would pray the prayer of faith and anoint them with oil and in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. Come on, somebody. That's pretty powerful. And then this is where it transitions and the Lord was speaking to me this week. I kept hearing it over and over again. And if they've committed sins, he will be, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Again, man, I think I've read that verse accidentally about eight times in the last two months. Because what he's saying in this is that if we, if we confess our sins to one another and we pray for each other, there will be healing. If you want to see your prayer life, jump a couple notches. Begin to pray for your friends, with your friends and over your friends. When you pray with your friends you'll get excited. You'll get more passionate because prayer was not designed to only be you and Jesus. Throughout scripture, we see Jesus praying for the sick, praying for people that need the Lord. We see the disciples praying for, and if we are disciples, which we are called to be, we will take our personal relationship with God and release it over others. And they will be made well. And the scripture says, and they will be healed. You don't have to just be an elder. You can just be a believer. Pray with your friends. Pray with your friends. Pray with your friends. We're in 21 days of prayer right now. Pray with your friends. All right, so this is the verse that stood out to me. And he says this, so he says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. He says, the effective and fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I think I kept hearing that again and again and again and again. The effective and fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. The effective and fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. When was the last time that you knew that you were accomplishing something in your prayer closet or in your time with prayer? Because I want to make sure that you know if you don't hear anything else today. You are designed to change the world with your prayer life. You're like, oh, but I'm not an intercessor. I'm not great at prayer. I don't know who told you that you're not good at prayer, but I can tell you from everything that I know in Scripture, it didn't come from Jesus. Jesus never told you you're not good at prayer. He loves it when you look at him and you talk to him. You have his full attention. I love the scripture in Songs of Solomon where Jesus said, you ravished my heart, my sister, my bride. You ravished my heart with one glance from your eye. When you look at him, you have God's attention. 
The effective and fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I'm going to come right back to that. And then in verse 17, he says, Elijah was a man with the nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it didn't rain on the land for three years and six months. And then he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced fruit. What I love, this is how James is ending the book. He wants you to end with this concept of prayer. And what the, the coolest part about that part about Elijah is he says that he was a regular person. Elijah was just a normal dude, apparently. But that's not the way I think about Elijah. I think of him as like the man. But he, James is trying to say, no, 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 no. We're all just people. There's no, your pastor is not greater than you. He doesn't have, I don't have an access card better than your access card. When Jesus died for me, he died for you. You were designed to be able to have access by the blood of Jesus into the throne room of God. Man, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous person accomplishes much. What is an effective prayer? So today, I just wanted to take a moment and interview some of my friends that are just normal people, not even, not even great at much, but just normal people. James, can I start with you? Come on over, bro. James would consider himself just a normal dude, wouldn't you? Yes, very much. And would you, there's a lot of people that are probably better at a lot of things than you, right? Yeah. But James believes that there's one thing that he's learned how to do well, and that's pray. And I tell you, I'm friends with James, and I've seen him pray, and I believe he's powerful at it. James, can you, when you're praying and connecting with God on all cylinders, what does it look like? Um, so for me, oh, it's on. It looks like, uh, okay. For me, it looks like basically when I'm praying for the lost, um, that's one place where I just feel like God's heart is very just revealed to me, and it's evident, and you just kind of feel like an extra oomph with it. It's like there's some power behind it. Um, that and uh, when I'm praying in tongues, um, that I just feel is something edifying for me as a believer. Wow. And helps in, in prayer. Um, and also when I'm praying God's will, which can wow. isn't really revealed until the moment or unless I'm seeing it specifically in Scripture, but those are kind of three times where my prayer life seems to be like a bit more enhanced because of the Holy Spirit, not because of me. So, okay, can yeah. you stop you there? What does it look like when you're trying to pray God's will? Can you give us a bird's eye view or, or a, a sound of like, what, what is a prayer that sounds like when you're trying to say, God, your will? Yeah, uh, so the, I think the, the Lord's Prayer um, is a great place to start because like in that, Jesus says, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in here in heaven. And then you kind of, I, I'll just elaborate on that. Like, I'll be like, God, I want your will in my life. I want, you know, your kingdom to come and just please direct me and, you know, the Lord will reveal stuff, whether it's in that moment or maybe throughout that day or that week. Um, yeah, so I guess it's kind of just, it's asking God to reveal himself and then he does. Uh, wow. Yeah. And so you're alone with God. And you feel like when you're talking to the Lord because you're either asking for surrender, praying in tongues, or what was the third one? Uh, praying for the lost. Praying for the lost. Yeah. You feel like, man, you're just connecting, you're alone with Jesus. Yeah, yeah. That's got to feel like a tremendously great thing when you, when you get done with prayer, that you've availeth much, that you've accomplished yeah. a lot. It is. I yeah. love it. Three great tips. Thanks, James. Yeah. Diana, would you come help me? This is Diana. 
She's pretty normal person, pretty 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 awesome. Also, we won um, we we won at VBS this year together. The Lions. We destroyed the the lepers or whatever they the, they whatever. Diana, she's one of our youth, and she's on fire for Jesus. And uh, Diana, you believe that you're, you accomplish great things when you pray. Yes. Hey, can you tell me, what is, what is a prayer that, that, that you just love to pray? Um, so personally, I love to play, play, pray for revival, um, not only in me um, to start off with, but in the church. I pray um, constantly for revival in the church so that it will spread through Lakeland and touch other places around. So... Yeah, I'm like on fire. God's always had that on my heart since I was like eight to like wow. pray for revival. Pray for revival. So can you give us like a, a, like what does it sound like? Can you maybe tell us like a prayer when you're praying for revival? What does that sound like? Because if you're connecting with God and accomplishing great things when you're in prayer, we want to do that same thing. So what, what does it sound like when you're praying revival? So I start off my prayer um, this is just me personally. I start off my prayer quiet. Like, I don't say anything at all. I just sit there. I play music. I just um, sit and wait just for a few minutes, and then I go into, God, where do you want me to start? Because there's, like, so many things that I love praying for, but there's just, there's always a moment in time where you need to stay quiet to hear God's voice to touch you so that you can go ahead and further your prayer and, like, be more intimate about it. So I always start quiet, and then I just go into it, and I'm like, God, where do you want me to start? He starts communicating, and it's like a conversation. It's like a normal conversation with a human being, except you, like, feel a closeness. Like, it, it's just, it's different than talking to a human, but it's the same, I if love that it. makes sense. No, I absolutely I love it, Diane. Thank you so much for helping share us. Y'all give it up for Diane. I, um... Just briefly, I wanted to just kind of give you some tips. I don't think we need another sermon to teach us how to pray, but I want to catch prayers into my spirit that like move me to, to, to mean it, to be intentional in my prayer closet, because there's nothing worse than a boring prayer closet. That's, that's I think, what the problem is, is that we get bored. We believe in prayer but it's, it seems boring. And one of the first things that, that Paul did in that chapter in, 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 in Ephesians was he said that I pray to the Father who is the creator of, of all of the heavens and all of the earth. And he's starting off recognizing that what he's doing is kind of a big thing. This is a big meeting. When I have a big meeting, I'm serious as a heart attack. I plan for it and I prepare for it. And I think that some of us oftentimes enter into prayer lackadaisically, almost as if this person that we're meeting with is just your average Joe. And so we're, we're not passionate about the things that we pray because we think it's just a regular conversation. And while it is, and he is our friend, he's a big friend. He's a very beautiful, attractive, awesome powerful friend. And we should recognize that this moment can be a holy moment. So the first tip that I have for you, if you're going to increase your prayer life, is pray with passion. So when James said the fervent and effective prayer, the effective fervent prayer, I'm sorry, 
if you're going to be effective praying, when you get done praying, he's saying that there's going to be passion. Fervent means passionate. What are you passionate about with prayer? James talked about praying for the lost. He talked about uh, 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 praying for revival or praying in the Holy Like, Make sure that it, it, prayer should move you when you pray. So I often come with, with, with the prayers, uh, some, some pre-planned prayers that I'm going to talk to the Lord about today. And so oftentimes, because I love many of you, many of you, some, some, some I, maybe I don't, I don't. When I pray for you, I, I'm passionate about seeing God move in your life. And I want to make sure that my prayer is not casual for you. <clears throat> a couple other things that I, I think about. These are just little tips. If you want to increase your prayer life, pray with friends. I'm, I'm as serious as a heart attack about this. Get other people in your life. And this is where I learned how to pray out loud when I prayed, I had other mentors in the faith. Some are just friends. And we out loud invited the Lord. Sometimes what happens is your mind will drift when you pray by yourself. Get another person there, and it won't. This week, we're going to be uh, doing the prayer first. We're, we're, we're praying uh, warfare prayers. I double-dog dare you to pray Scripture. When you find prayers in Scripture and you begin to pray them, and I mean I double-dog dare you, because man, like, if that's what it takes to get you to raise the bar in the most powerful thing in your life, that's what we're here meeting about, is connecting with the G-O-D, man, you know? And so uh, the last thing, another tip that I would say is pray with an outline. You can use any kind of formula. I love, I love the soap thing, scripture, observation, application, then we pray. You, you can pray the Lord's prayer. You, you can pray one of Paul's prayer or the prayer of Jabez, or you can find just prayers online that people are writing about anything. But use other people's models to challenge you. Otherwise, maybe you're a drifter. I mean, I'm, I'm at the head of the line when it comes to ADD. And if I'm not praying out loud, my mind will drift. But when I want to connect with God and I'm giving him that time, I want to make sure that it's is as effective as possible. Does that make sense? So let me keep going here. The second point that I have, one is pray with passion. The second is have a secret place. Now, I love that people pray continuously and pray throughout the day, but you got to understand, it's really good to have relationships that you're casual with. Me and my wife, we talk throughout the day. We'll text. She'll have a random thought. I'll send her a cool emoji. Yesterday, I sent her a, 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 an avatar of myself, and I, I, think, I think she chuckled a little bit. I think I turned around a little bit. It was pretty powerful, and so, uh, and so it was really cool. We'll talk throughout the day, but here's the, here's the thing that's really important is that in powerful relationships, you want to have one-on-one -on -one time with those people. Have a secret place. Before Jesus taught us how to pray, he told us where to pray. And he said in Matthew chapter 6, go into your secret place. And then where you meet with your father who... But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in private. And then your Father who sees everything will reward you. If you have a place where you connect with God, it'll be so awesome. I've had docks. I've had prayer parking lots where I just would pace. 
and I've met with the Lord in that place. I've yelled and I've cried and I've waited and I've listened. Find a place that you can make sacred because in that place, beautiful things will happen. And you don't even have to talk sometimes. You just sit and listen. Listen to other people's prayers. There's, there's prayers on scripture. There's prayer rooms. I love listening. Sometimes when my, when, when my prayer life really needs a new kick, I'll go to the International House of Prayer, uh, IHOP, and I'll just tune into the prayer room because I don't know the song they're going to sing. I don't know the prayers they're going to pray, but I just need something fresh over me. So uh, I'm going to uh, read. So, uh, yep. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, he finished, and one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, well, teach us how to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And Jesus said, then this is how you should pray. And there's an outline. And I'm telling you, your pastor sometimes needs an outline. I've never graduated from praying the Lord's Prayer. I've never graduated praying the Lord's Temple. I've never graduated praying prayers that are in Scripture because I need, if Jesus said this is a good outline, then man, I'll tell you what, this is a good outline. And so what I do is I'll take a verse, I'll pray it, and then I'll sit and I'll think about that for me and I'll meditate on it. And so this is how you should pray. My Father, may your name be kept holy. That's a good prayer right there. Jesus, I believe that your name is the most powerful name in all of heaven and earth. And I believe that your name still has power to this day. And I believe that it's in the name of Jesus that I can even meet with you, Father. And I believe, and I'll begin to pray the names of God, the, the Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah. And we'll just begin to add prayers to the, to the, the, the may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come and may your will be done. And so I'll ask, what's really difficult for prayer is when I start off prayers with everything that I need. I need the Lord to increase my finances, amen? I need the Lord to tell my wife how right I am, amen? I need the Lord to, 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 to bring revival to my... I'm starting off with all the things that I want, and the Lord is trying to say, first, make sure you know who you're talking to, and then make sure that, that what you're about to pray is about Him, not about you. And it changes everything, man. It centers your prayer life. As he would go into verse 3 here, he would, he would say this. Um, Give us each day the food that we need. Forgive us of our sins. And I love that he's, so all, a lot, there's a lot of times where we feel like a dog with fleas because we said the wrong thing or did the wrong thing or went the wrong place. And, and, and oftentimes we'll start off with just, God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But Jesus waits to that. Listen, you're a son and a daughter of your kingdom. I know you've done wrong because I know you, uh, because you're a human. You know what I mean? But don't start off like, God, I'm so sorry. Woe is me. Start off about him. Start off about the kingdom. And he's, then, then forgive us of our sins as we forgive others. And I think that that's so important and critical in our prayer life, that we go through people in our life that have wronged us and we bless them. Don't lead us into temptation. Don't, 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 don't let us yield to temptation. And so now we're going to start to think about some of the, the bad spots or zones or things that we don't want to find ourselves victim to falling into those traps that the enemy would snare for us. Oftentimes, the enemy is doing the same thing over and over again in your life. He knows the carrot that gets you. 
All right, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm bringing this to a close here. Today, all I want to do is saturate your appetite for prayer. If you would, I'm making steak on the grill right now, and I'm just really hoping that you guys get hungry for your prayer closet. I want to make sure that we know how to connect with God. And there's no, you, you can't do it the way that I do it. I'm just throwing out as many tips as possible, and I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to say that's a good one for you. Here's the last thing that I, I, I can't overemphasize this enough. You were made for prayer. You were designed to connect with him. And in your, all of our hearts, we know that. But somehow the enemy has tricked us to say that you're not good at it, or you shouldn't do it, or here's another, you should find. No, no, we were designed to be intimate with our Savior. We were designed to have one-on-one -on -one relationship with the God that saved my soul. I don't want to talk about God. I want to meet with him. I want to know that he's still alive and speaking. And my coworkers and people in my life need me to meet with God. They want to make sure that when you come out of your prayer closet, there is an anointing on your life that can make a difference in their life. But if we don't connect with God, we leave on ourselves the weight of the world, problems, and stress, and we enter into other conversations, not with faith, but with problems. And so this is how I want to close. I just want to read you one verse that would remind you that you were made to meet with Jesus. Here's an invitation from God. This is, what, this is Jeremiah 33, verses 2 and 3. And the scripture says this. This is what the Lord said. He who made the earth, the Lord who formed it and established it, the Lord is his name. And he says this, call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. I love that. I love that promise for my life and I'm claiming it and I'm praying over you that you would claim it over your life. That you would know that the Lord is calling you to him. All of us were designed to meet with God. And the Lord wants to reveal things that you don't yet know about you, about your potential, about your family, about your family's potential, about the call of God on your life, about your finances and the plans that he has for you. Many times I feel like if God gave us the anointing that we prayed for, it might just ruin us if we don't meet with him. Can you imagine if God anointed you with the ability to lay hands on the sick that they'd recover, but you don't have a great prayer life, how easily that can get to your head? Can you imagine if God gave you the finances that you're praying for, but you don't have a relationship with him, how easily it can get to your head? There's so many things that we want from God, but if we're not careful... He'll bless us with those things, and it might get to our head. We prayed this morning, I, I don't want anything else. I just want you. I don't want your blessings. I, I'm not, all I want is you, Lord. Would y'all do me a favor? Would you close your eyes for just a second? This is the most important moment of anything that we do. Well, I'm telling you today that you were made for this. I want you to understand that, church, you were designed to have a beautiful, 
intimate relationship with Jesus. It starts with just knowing where that place is. I can give you as many tips as, 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 as possible, but it really just comes down to you saying, I want a relationship with Jesus. Jesus.